good to be back with you this week. Um, it's nice having the, um, I think it's Scary family with us uh, last week, and so thankful that that worked out. So we were uh, we were under the weather, not not feeling well last week, and so uh, we um, are on the mend. So glad to be back this week with you. We're going to uh, continue our series in Philippians four. Uh, this week, so uh, looking forward to continuing that together. Uh, but Philippians 4, if you want to join me in turning there. We have uh, made it to a very familiar passage and very, very familiar section of Philippians now. Um, dealing with both rejoicing and worry. And uh, something I think that we're all um, familiar with in, in this section. So let's go ahead and read it together. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4, uh, says the following, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's look to the Lord in prayer as we get started. Heavenly Father. We do thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the challenge uh, put before us this morning uh, by this passage. And Father, as we, as we think of, of just the wonderful uh, section of Scripture that's before us, we pray, Lord, uh, that, that we would approach this uh, with fresh eyes. Father, that we would approach this with an a open mind, a, a willingness to consider uh, the text that's before us. And Father, to, to, to not tune out, because this is a passage that's, uh, that's, that's well known, uh, but, but rather, Lord, that, that we would be willing to examine our, li our lives in light of your word, be willing to consider ourselves, um, and, and, and truly examine ourselves, and, and see where where your standard, your perfect standard, and, and where our lives fall short of that standard. And Father, we pray for your help and your grace today. Lord, we, we want to be more like Jesus. Help us to change, to be more like him. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, as we look at this, this passage this morning, a simple message, be anxious for nothing, a very simple, simple uh, topic. As we talk about, you know, I think worry, anxiety, uh, these things, I, I think it's a big deal today. You know, it's a, a topic that's, that's um, I think, on, on a lot of minds, a lot of conversation, and uh, it, it probably shouldn't be a surprise um, in light of the world we live in today. Um, there are uh, plenty of, of things around that, that certainly could cause us to be anxious or to, to worry um, as, as we think about 
um, you know, all of the situations of life and, and the situations that, that we, we personally uh, go through and endure. And, um, and yet, in spite of that, God has called for certain things in the life of a believer and, um, and what, our, what our life should look like. And, um, and, and I'll be the first to confess that my life doesn't always look like that. Right, um, you know, I'm not perfect in living up to that standard, and, um, and and so as as we work through this passage together, I'd encourage you to evaluate first of all where um, where you fall short, um, but also look at just the very practical suggestions that the Word of God gives um, in these areas to to begin to train your mind and your heart um, in, in how to work through these areas uh, to, to perhaps offer help, right? To offer help. And, and so the, the first um, beginning um, thing that believers are called to do is, is just rejoice regardless of circumstance. And, and that's, that's a hard thing to do. Uh, you know, I'll admit, that's not easy. Uh, we, we look here at verse uh, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Um, the, there's no wiggle room in there. Right? I mean, there's no wiggle room. Um, that, that doesn't say well, rejoice on your good days, and, uh, and you know, you can kind of let it slide on the bad days. Uh, you, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think most of us would, would kind of suggest that well, that would be normal for most people, right? You know what I mean? I mean, I think most of us would suggest that that would probably be normal. And yet, the, the suggestion here is that, that, um, that rejoicing here is not dependent upon circumstance, that it should not be dependent upon circumstance. And, and, and maybe we could say it beyond that. This is not simply suggestion. This is command. Um, and so what, what, is it, um, what is it to mean that we are to have this joy that is, that is unceasing, that it doesn't, doesn't ever fade, doesn't ever go away, regardless of what comes, regardless of what happens, um, that we have this as a distinctive mark in our lives as believers? What, what, what does it mean, and, and how does that come about? Can I, can I just suggest to you that, that this is something that is rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Can, can I just suggest that this is something that is rooted in a relationship with the Lord? Why, be, because if, if this is this rejoicing is not on the basis of circumstance, then it needs to be on the basis of something that doesn't change. Right? And, and, hey, the things in this life, they all change. The, the things in this life, they all change. Everything in this life changes, save for God himself and the truth of the word of God. Right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what you consider or think about in this world. It will change. It, it will not be the same. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you can drive back through the old neighborhood, you know, whatever. It looks different, right? 
It doesn't matter where, where you go. You, you go, go to your family party, it won't be the same as what it was 10 years ago. Certain people won't be there, certain new people will be there, and things change, right? Life changes. Look, look in the mirror. Things changed, right? I mean, that's the reality for all of us. Things are, are constantly changing. Uh, but there's one thing that doesn't change, and that's the Lord. The Lord doesn't change. And so if, if our joy is, is rooted in our relationship with the Lord, then, then that's how we can have a joy that's not changing, a, a joy that, that is not um, that is not uh, going to, to shift or, or with circumstance. And so as we, as we think about um, what it means to, to rejoice in this case or in this situation, wh- why is it that that, that that joy would not change? Why is it that that, that, that wouldn't change? Well, well, essential to that is maintaining our relationship with the Lord. Right? What, what do we do to maintain this type of joy? Well, if it's rooted in our relationship with the Lord, we need to make sure that we're walking in fellowship with Him always. Right? If, if I want to have that kind of joy always, then I need to maintain my fellowship with the Lord. And, and why is that so special? Because, hey, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That's pretty special. That's something to rejoice over. Right, that the God of the universe was willing to, to leave all the glory and riches of heaven to shed his own blood on the cross for my sins. And, and that is something that is worthy of rejoicing. And, and that's, the, that's the basis on which believers should be rejoicing. That, that he would suffer and die for me because he loves me that much. And, and so, so given that, what circumstance could ever take that away? And, and, and the answer is none. The answer is none. You know, for, for a believer to have a circumstance or a situation in life that takes our joy away, that steals our joy, right? We, we have to have a, a situation where we get out of fellowship with the Lord or we take our mind, our eyes off of him. We, we focus on other things, right? And, and, and so for that to happen, right, in either of those situations, we, we have to, to be stepping away from the Lord for that to take place. We need to ensure, and this is one of those areas I think that's a great checkup for a believer. Right, what, am I rejoicing? Am I rejoicing in the Lord? If, if we're rejoicing in the Lord, uh, then, then that ought to be a, that's a good, good, a good checkup for us. If I'm not rejoicing in the Lord, well then, hey, maybe I need to, to evaluate things and evaluate where I'm, where I, where I'm at. Let's, uh, let's, let's continue to our, our next verse here. Verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Another way of saying that, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Um, moderation or gentleness there. Uh, the, 
the um, the concept, and this is a a little bit of a of a um, unique, challenging challenging word there, but but the the idea that in in the face of opposition or suffering, whatever comes, think of that circumstance, right? In in, in the face of that circumstance, you you maintain your testimony. Okay, so you you maintain your testimony. So it's, it's continuing with the idea of, of the circumstance that you face, but in the midst of that, you're maintaining your gentleness. Now, that's a, a wonderful thing, and if you're rejoicing in the Lord, you can do that, right? You can do that. If you're not rejoicing in the Lord, it's hard to do that. And, and so that's the connection here between these verses. If, if you are rejoicing in the Lord, it's much easier to be gentle with those who wrong you. If you're not rejoicing in the Lord, it's much harder to be gentle with those who wrong you. And, and, and so there's a, a reminder here at the end of this verse, and it's kind of a twofold reminder, right? The, the Lord is near. Now, I... The, the question is, how, how, do you, how do you take that? How do you take that reminder? Well, let's look at a couple, a couple of ver- verses that talk about the day of the Lord. 1 Peter 2, 23 refers to the day of the Lord. And uh, it says the following, Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So another way of, of saying that, uh, the, the description there, speaking of Christ, was that in spite of the insults, in spite of the things that, that he faced, he did not retaliate because he knew that the judgment of the Lord was coming and that God would judge righteously. And so because the day of the Lord was, was near, that gave him strength, fortitude, reason to not strike back. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. And, and so a, a reminder there of Paul's gentleness. And he's calling the believers there uh, to, to demonstrate that same type of gentleness that, that he has exhibited um, and, and that he has shown in the past. So... So um, another example of the Lord is near. Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. And so uh, an aspect of the Lord is near being the fact that we can call upon him for help during those difficult times. And then Zephaniah 1.7. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice he hath bid his guests. So that, that uh, reminder there um, of, of that coming day of, of judgment. The last part, and I, I want to just mention one more that comes from Paul here, Romans 13, 12. Because this, this serves as a bit of warning. Um, it says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us call, cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. And, and that day is at hand, again, referring to the day of the Lord there that's coming. Uh, but, but there's a sense in which the day of the Lord is kind of twofold, right? The, the Lord is near, 
Okay, I don't have to strike back because God's judgment is coming. And then at the same time, I need to ensure that I uh, respond properly because God's judgment is coming, right? You, you understand what, what, what I'm saying there? there? There's a sense in which God's righteous judgment will come. And so I want to ensure that on that day I am found blameless um, in terms of my actions toward others as well. Does that, you, you, you follow that, that sense as well? Now, now we, we understand that forgiveness is available toward believers and, and all of those things, but we, we, don't, want to, um, we don't want to have reason, um, reason for, for shame before our, our God. So, all right, so as we, as we consider this, this first section here in, in Scripture, we are to have this mind of rejoicing always, regardless of the circumstances, and that, with that comes this need on our, our behalf to, whether it's suffering or whatever's happening, to respond in gentleness um, in the midst of those circumstances. And, and so doing that will help pave the way uh, to, to being prepared for, for whatever we face uh, so, that, so that we don't have to be worried. Um, and so that's what we come to next. Do not worry. Trust God. Second, second point. Do not worry. Trust God. And we're going to break this, this section down into to two parts. The first has to do with, with what verse 6 is instructing there. And that's what we are to do. And uh, later we're going, to, we're going to see what God does. But uh, verse 6 here uh, says the following. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And so, there's a responsibility here on our part, what we are to do um, when it comes to worry. Now, be careful for nothing. That, basically, that statement is literally, be anxious for nothing. We, we could just say simply, do not worry, right? Do not worry. And, and, and so... If, if we are to not worry, if we are to not, and what is worry? Let's, let's kind of work through defining that term. Worry would be taking on something and thinking about it, ruminating on it over and over again, something that is beyond my control, right? It, it is outside of my control. So... Um, so, for example, something where I, I can't do anything about it, okay? What does so-and-so think about me? What does my boss think about me, okay? Well, I can't do anything about what my boss thinks about me. Now, I, I can come up with things and say, okay, tomorrow when I go into work, I want to do this or, you know, try to be a better employee here, or this, that, and the other. But if, if I just sit at home saying, what does my boss think about me? And, oh, I don't think they like me. And this, and they, you know what I mean? I, that, and I just start having those, those thoughts over and over again. Uh, that's worry, right? That's worry. That's what that is. Um, and it, it could be, it could be um, some, some worries are, are things like, it, oh, there's a storm coming. Is the roof going to fall down on my house? Right? You know, you, you hear the winds coming, the house. 
is the roof going to fall down on my house? Nothing you can do about it. You're right in the middle of the storm. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's just a normal thunderstorm. Nothing you can do about it. But you're worried about it. You're thinking about it. That's what worry is. It's something that we can't do anything about, but our thoughts are just going over and over again. And so be careful for nothing. Don't worry is literally what this is saying. And so, so literally what this is saying is, is every area, every aspect of, of concern or anxiety or whatever it is where we, we don't have any control over it, just to, to, in essence, let that go. Be willing to let that go. Because I, I can't do anything about it. it. It's not something that I can help, not something that I can do, not something that I can fix, not something that I can solve. Be willing to let those situations go. We relinquish control over those things because we don't have it anyway, right? We, we don't have it anyway. And, and so what do we do instead? Well, that's the next part of the verse. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. So, so what do we do? All of those concerns, all of, all of those areas of worry that we can do nothing about, we give them to someone who can do something about them. And so we offer a prayer of petition here, right? We make a prayer request. And we give it to God with thanks so, and, and leave it with him. Okay, that's, that's, the, that's the, the idea here. Okay, so, so instead of this causing the anxiety with me, we give it to the Lord and offer it up to him and say, I don't have the power to take care of this anyway. God, this is yours. This is on your plate. You have the power. You can take care of this. This the you know that whether or not my roof falls down, I can't do anything about it. God, you can. You can take care of it, right? Whatever it is, we relinquish it to God. Yeah, if He made the world, He can certainly hold a roof up, right? <laughs> Pretty simple. So. Key concept, don't worry, trust God. So, so in any area of, of, of worry, any, any area in which we are constantly ruminating on things that are beyond our control, we, we take those things and turn them over to the Lord. Now, I will say this, easier said than done, right? I mean, let's be honest, easier said than done. Uh, I, I mean, Scripture talks about taking every thought captive, right? Take, taking every thought captive. And, I mean, that's a wonderful thing, right? To have every thought under control and, and brought captive under the Lord and the right way, you know, thinking the right way. Um, for, 
sinful mankind, is that realistic? No, but that's the standard, right? I mean, that, that's what the standard is. That's the perfect standard. We fall short of that, but that's what the standard is. And, and so, um, I, 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 w- I want to say it this way. Don't, don't be surprised when you fail in this area because you're a sinner, right? Don't, don't be surprised when you fail in this area. Because, frankly, we are talking about the realm of thought life now. And thought life is probably one of the more difficult areas um, when we're talking about things that God has commanded us to do. In comparison to actions, right? What, what ha- Sometimes we commit sins in the mind... And we get them taken care of and we stop them before they become actions, right? You understand what I'm saying? We can stop things in our mind before we actually do them or say them. Praise the Lord for that, right? (laughs) You you ever had that thought? (laughs) So glad I didn't say that. You understand what I'm saying? Right? We, we, could, we could deal with that while it's still in our mind. Now, God wants us to deal with it in our mind, to train our minds in that process. But don't be surprised when the challenge is still there. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? This is not easy, right? This is not easy. In fact, this, this is difficult. But can I encourage you? Be willing to wage war here so that everything out here becomes easier. Does that that make sense? Everything outside is easier if you're willing to do battle in your mind. And and God has called us to do that, right? God has called us to do that. If, If you are thinking properly about things like sexual immorality or things like that, right? If you are dealing with that in your mind first, then the, it's not going to be lived out in life. Does that, does that make sense? You, d- you deal with these things in your mind first, and then, and then it sets a barrier up before it actually is lived out in life. So, so deal with these things first in your mind. Renew your mind according to the word of God. Do battle there. And, and do battle here in terms of worry. Right? You, you do battle in your mind in, in this regard. And, um, and, and, and know that you are, you are in essence on the front lines, so to speak, of, of where this war is being, being fought and waged. All right, so this is what we are to do. The second part here, what God will do in verse 7. Verse 7, what God will do. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, we, we wage the war. We, we take all of those things that we're worried about. We're taking the things that we have no control over. We're offering it up to God in prayers of petition with thanksgiving. And in response, God gives us peace. Right? God gives us peace. And you say, how, how can he do that? 
I'm still not sure if the house is going to fall on my head or not. How can he give me peace? Well, I don't know. It, it surpasses all understanding, right? It, it, it is supernatural. It, it is something that is, is beyond our understanding. And you have probably seen this type of thing before in other people who were going through very, very hard situations and they turn to the Lord and you say, wow, how did they do that? Right? They, you ever seen that? Yeah, I see a lot of heads shaking. Right? People who are going through very difficult circumstances and they turn to the Lord and you say, I, I don't know how that... I don't know how God gave them peace here, but he did, right? He did. It, it surpasses all understanding. It, it kept their hearts and their minds through Christ Jesus. And, and that's what God will do. That, that is his promise in return. And, and so if, if we do our part, what he's called us to do, then he will do he will respond in kind in doing his promised part and, and he will offer up that, that peace. See, Mark 7.21 says, From within, out of the hearts of men, proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders. You see, the, the, um, the heart itself is within um, within the, the Hebrew mind, it, it, it's really kind of like the, the seat. It's, it's the place where everything flows out of, right? And so within, within the heart of man, that's where all of these, heart, these, these things, these thoughts, everything flows out of that. And so what, whether you're talking the, the heart, the mind, th think of those the same thing. We talk about the mind today. In Scripture, you often see the heart used to describe this. But, but think inner man. And so, so it is so essential when we're dealing with the, the inner man that, that we wage this battle. Scripture and the Word of God describes it this way in, in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Right? Wage the war inside because from it comes all of the, the issues outside, right? From it comes, comes everything that, that, that comes outside. And, and so deal with these things on the inside. And then thirdly, we, you know, we want to have this life that is rejoicing regardless of circumstance. We want to uh, make sure that we are um, not anxious, but trusting God and thirdly, we want to be consumed by virtue. This is what verse 8 is referring to. This has to do with, this is a list that, that has to do with what, really what we are to be consumed by as believers. What we should be consumed by. Verse 8 says the following. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. This, this passage here, this, this verse, has to do with where our focus is. In fact, it, it has to do even more than just 
keep in mind. It, it goes beyond that. It's, it's, it's almost like you, you uh, are just consumed by these things. You, you take it into account and, and you think through it, meditate on so much so that it changes and reforms who you are. It changes your conduct. It changes your character. And so it, 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 it's so much more than just simply think about Right? It's so much more than just think about. But, but it, it's something that, that just consumes you. Right? It becomes a part of who you are. And it, it's something that has the idea that, okay, these are the things that we are, are going to not just consider, but to put into practice as well. And, and so let's work through the list uh, just, just quickly here. First one up there, whatsoever things are true. You know, this, um, this idea, this description here, um, truth um, here is, is one that has to do often with, with true speech, right? Say, saying words that are true um, rather than lying, rather than deceit. It, it, is, it is one that is based upon righteousness, equity. It is, it is one that notes that there are those who will speak lies about God and seek to deceive others about him and, and that those things lead to idolatry. And so that truth is essential for understanding who God is. And so, things that are true, we need to keep those before us. True things about God. Now, it's easy, I think, sometimes to start in our mind to say things that aren't true about God when things get difficult, right? Things, things get hard. Something comes up, and, and, we, and we thoughts prop into our head. Satan's the father of lies. He, he'd love for us to believe falsehood. You know, something hard happens. Does God even love me? Does he care about me? Right? Those, those thoughts start to pop into our head. What do we do? We think on whatsoever things are true. Secondly, Whatsoever things are honest. Another way of saying that is whatever is noble. Sometimes it's referred to as sacred, revered, majestic, honorable, worthy of respect. You know, this, this idea is, is something that has some value to it or worth to it. Something that, that, that actually has substance, we might say. We're, we're not just focusing on the frivolous here. Right? We, are, we are thinking about things that have some, some true value and substance something that is worthy of our thought life, something that is worthy of our time. Third thing, 
whatsoever things are just, or another way of putting it, whatever is right. Right here is, has to do more with righteous rather than truth, right? This, is, this has to do with things that are morally right or just, right? It has to do with God's relationship with his people. And so when we're thinking about things that are right, we're thinking about um, not just true, but justice, righteousness, things that, that truly uphold um, values that we should ascribe to. Next one up there, whatsoever things are pure. Think of the temple being sanctified. Purity here, related to the word holy. It um, has the idea of, of being uh, over and against things that are wicked or, or things that are, uh, would bring guilt. So things that are, are pure are those that aren't tainted, those that are not evil. It is in contrast to things that are impure. We want to focus on those things that are pure. Next one up there, whatsoever things are lovely. And as we move into this, we're now uh, moving a little bit into the Greek world um, to a degree uh, because they would have focused more on terms like lovely, perhaps, than what we normally see in the New Testament. But, but this would have, have been the, the concept of, of th things that are, um, have a, a friendly disposition, right? The, the idea of, of being lovable or everything that we love. What are the things that you love, right? What are the things that, that you in, enjoy? And, and so this would be things that are admirable, from, from the world. Um, maybe, maybe you like music and symphonies or something like that. Maybe you like art. Maybe you like other things. Um, maybe you like woodworking. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it is, right? What, whatever those things are, whatever your hobbies are, whatever your, the, the things that are lovely to you, the things that you love, um, that's what these things would be goes on and the next thing is whatever things are of good report or whatever is admirable, right? Not quite the same, but it's also one of these virtues. The, the idea is that these are things that other people are speaking good of because of their quality or character. Um, so this is something that has a good reputation in the community, something that, that other people are noting is, is good. And um, then with it, we have sort of these last two things that are mentioned here, right? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise. And so virtue and praise are, are the last two. If it's excellent or praiseworthy, the, the, um, the, the two things. So virtue or moral excellence are what we're looking at here. Um, and, and so with that, things that truly are virtuous or are worthy of, of, worthy of praise, they are they are things that are worthy to be imitated, things that are worthy to, to be um, brought about and, and in our own lives. So this is a, a list that um, I think if we, 
if we're willing to take this type of thing um, and, and work to train our minds to let this be the focal point. Now, I just want you to pause for a moment and just think about um, our lives today. And um, what are our daily lives filled with most of the time? And, and think about the calling of, of this list, for example, and put it in contrast to 6 o'clock news. 6 o'clock news meet these qualifications? I, probably not so well. Okay, I, and I was trying to pick something that was kind of tasteful, you know. Uh, Facebook? <laughs> Getting a little worse. Your favorite TV show? Uh, TikTok? Oh, man. I, 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 all, all I'm saying is I think from a societal standpoint, our bar is pretty low. Is it, is it safe to say that? I think our bar is set pretty low in regard to where this is. And, and, and with it, I'll, I'll just return to where we were at the beginning. Is it, is it any wonder if where our standard is that our lives would be filled with anxiety and worthy and worry, given that this right here is what helps combat that? Is, is it any surprise that, that in light of what we're called to, that so many lives would be filled with, with worry, even our own? It's just my hope and prayer that, that through this, um, God would use it to call us in, in our process to, to wage war within our minds, to go through this process of, of thinking about what's happening inside. Because if we deal with the inside part, right, out of that comes the issues of life, it helps the outside part. Does that, does that make sense? My hope is this will cause us to wage war in here. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the challenge put before us. Uh, Lord, you, you know what's going on in, in our hearts and lives. You know, Father, where we're at in regard to this issue of, of worry and topic of worry. You know where we're at in regard to our relationship with you and, and how we are in terms of re rejoicing. Father, I, I just pray that Today, this would cause us to examine our lives and, and, and give consideration just to the high calling of God. Father, help us to be willing to do battle in our minds that, that our hearts would be ready to 
face the challenges of life. Father, we, we, we pray that the issues and challenges that we face day by day, whether it be worry or lack of rejoicing and all that replaces it, whether that be anger or sadness or, or whatever, that, that, Father, that through this we might be able to walk more closely with you, that day by day life would be better and more enjoyable, Father, that the things we would do would have greater value. Father, that the choices we make would be more pleasing to you. Father, that our lives would be more useful to you. Father, we ask just very simply that you would give us very clear and concrete ways to make these changes. I'm going to pause for just a moment. I want you to have a moment to just speak to the Lord. Hannah's going to play. You just pray to the Lord silently. If there are any decisions you make today, you just talk to the Lord for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your guidance, your direction, your leading, the work you're doing in our hearts. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.